Good morning, everybody. <coughs> so ominous, that music. I love it. Uh, happy Sunday. It's November 8th. We made it to November 8th. Congratulations. You're all still here. I know it's been quite a week, hasn't it? In the United States, it's been a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs and all around, right? I just want to welcome everybody watching online. We're excited that you're joining us today. Those of you in person, we're honored that you're here. Uh, we love you all so much. Um, I do want to say that um, today's message is not political, so you can... <sighs> all right? Um, but Pastor Troy's message these last two weeks have been amazing of the two realms, right? Really eye-opening and uh, life-changing, I believe. And so I also want to say... Um, that there are some of you who are very happy today, and maybe some of you who are sad today, maybe some of you who are uh, a bit confused today um, with the election in our uh, country. Um, but I just want to say that Jesus is still king. Uh, he is Lord of Lords, right? And so he's the one that we serve. Ultimately, God is on the throne. Everything's going to be all right. Um, you know, in, in Psalms it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God, God, is the Lord. And so he is our God. And uh, he is the one who is um, fulfilling his plans and purposes in the earth, right? And so we're here to partner with heaven. And uh, so we are excited about the days ahead and all that God is going to do. I want to give a shout out uh, to Pastor Troy. He is watching online this morning. Um, and my father-in-law, Bob Shadid, was inducted into the Rodeo Hall of Fame last night. Yes, we have some famous people in our family um, on his side, not, not mine. Um, so I just want to say congratulations to my father-in-law. Uh, amazing. My mother-in-law was inducted, I believe, four years ago um, into the Rodeo Hall of Fame there in South Dakota. And so uh, Pastor Troy is there this weekend, spending the weekend with them so he could be at the uh, ceremony last night, and uh, it, it was amazing. Got to see the pictures and stuff, and so congratulations to you. I love you. You're amazing, and um, we will have Pastor Troy back. Um, hopefully, he comes back from South Dakota. I don't know. He was a little iffy about it, but <laughs> once it starts to snow later today, he'll be like, I'm coming home, babe. Don't worry about it. All right. Well, let's just dive into our message today, yeah? All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we live um, in a place, God, that we can actually live in two realms. And so, Father, I pray today that as we turn our attention to your word, uh, that you will help me to convey it in simplicity and in truth. And I pray, Father God, that we would open our hearts and minds, Father, to your word, so those that are hearing, Father God, would hear, and that our hearts would become more in alignment with you. And so we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I do have two jokes for you really quick, right? Because I got to have a joke. I got Chris Ivory sitting on the front row going, does she have a joke? She already prayed. Does she have a joke? Okay. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because the chicken behind it didn't know how to socially distance properly. Did it cross really quick. All right. What types of jokes are allowed during quarantine? Inside jokes. What types of jokes are not allowed during quarantine? Inside jokes. If you're in a restaurant, like, 
can go either way. It can go either way. All right. So we're talking about the two realms, and so I'm excited to be bringing you this message today. We're going to be talking about which realm are you living from? Which realm are you living from? Now, remember, a realm means a kingdom, right? Um, it is a field or domain of activity, a domain of activity. So we have the heavenly realm, and we have the earthly realm. We have God's kingdom, and we have man's kingdom. We have God's way of being and doing, and then we have the earthly way of being and doing. And so there's always this struggle that goes on between the two realms, right? And so um, our foundation scripture is Colossians 1, 15 through 16. Um, they're going to have most of the scriptures on the screen. They will also have them on uh, the, uh, the lower thirds there for you guys watching online. So Colossians 1, 15 through 16 says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So Jesus is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. I want to call your attention to what it says, that God made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. God has designated authority. Can I tell you that all legitimate authority in the earth has been designated by God, if it's legitimate, because God has placed the authorities in the seen and in the unseen realm, right? And so we have this two things still going on. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 was another foundation scripture. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Remember, you're not fighting with your neighbor. People are not your problem. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, what do we got to do about it? We need to put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. So we have realms in heaven and on earth. We don't wrestle with each other. We don't fight with flesh and blood. Our fight is with the spiritual forces. That's why sometimes it feels so intense. That's why sometimes it feels so chaotic. And you're like, why does it feel so chaotic? It's because there's a war going on in the heavenlies. There's a spiritual realm that is all around us. It is more real than the chair that you're sitting on. It's more real than the TV that you're watching on. It is more real. The spiritual realm, we just can't see it with the physical, natural eye. So therefore, we tend to live in this earthly realm a lot more because we can see it. It's, a, it's our senses, right? But there's a spiritual realm realm that is happening all around us. So if you were watching the mid a couple weeks ago, I mentioned uh, the story in Genesis of the two trees. Anybody remember that? So if you're watching, I just briefly started off our night with mentioning the story of the two trees. And so we're going to dive into that today um, because it is the second story in the Bible. And so if it's the second, 
thing that God talks about, then we need to really pay attention to it. And so really, it's two realms, two trees. Which one are we living from? So let's look at it in Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. God was a farmer. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. First tree. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Second tree. We skip to verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So here we see in the... Genesis, in the very beginning, God plants a garden, right? And he puts man in the garden to take care of it. This was a perfect place. He didn't really have to do much, Adam, because it was perfect. And God planted two trees specifically. There were tons of trees, right? It says that he planted every tree, but then there were two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I believe it's the second story in the Bible because everything in our Christian life is filtered through one of these two trees. We're either living from the tree of life or we're living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything in our life comes down to those two choices. And we have the choice every day to filter our lives either from one tree or the other. So I want to ask you a question. What tree are you swinging from today? Because we can swing either way, right? We can be in one tree, and then you just jump on that little rope swing, and you just swing right over. I'm in the other tree now. And so every day we have a choice. Every single thought that we think and the words that we speak actually comes from one of these two trees. And we have the choice. So let's read about the choice. Genesis 3. Verses 1 through 11, the very beginning, right, God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates man. Um, he uh, creates the garden. He puts everything in the earth, and then he decides it's not good for man to be alone. Come on. He gave him a woman. Amen. And so he gets Eve. And so now in Genesis 3, we see the serpent coming to deceive Eve. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. So for some reason, we knew that the snake was really smart. And it says, it talks. So it says, he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her. So he's standing there and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you 
that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I have commanded you that you should not eat? So they had a choice, and they made the wrong choice. And they begin to live out the results of that. And so when we choose to live from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we will actually eat the fruit of the tree that we are living from. And that's what we saw here is Eve partook of the fruit and began to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Listen, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents to know good and evil apart from God. To try and get knowledge on your own. To live by your own thoughts. Your own way of thinking. I can figure this out. I don't need the word of God to tell me what to do in my life. I can know good and evil without a moral foundation of the word of God. Right? And so this is what we see that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents. And the tree of life is to trust God. And to live from his life. To know that everything that he's given for us to live a good life comes from the tree of life. And so God desires for us to live from that. Listen, when Eve, it says, this is what the serpent said to Eve. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And that sounded really good to Eve. God's holding something from me. He doesn't want me to be like him. And so she makes the decision to eat from the knowledge of the, the tree, from the knowledge of good and evil. And so it says in verse 6, which we just read, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. What was it about the tree that was more desirable than God? Because it says when she looked at it, it looked really good. It looked like it was good for food. It looked like it was desirable to the eye. She had every other tree, including the tree of life. But she made a choice. And we have that same choice and decision every day of our lives. And the world and the earthly realm actually always comes down to those three things that she said. She said it was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And it was desirable to make me wise. Look what it says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So he's like, if you're loving the earthly realm, if you're loving this, this natural realm, then the love of God is not in you. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, it looked really good to eat. The lust of the eyes, it was pleasant to the eyes. And the pride of life, she wanted it to make her wise. Pride, I can do it on my own, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Every single issue of our life comes down to these two choices. Everything that's in the world, yeah, it's going to look good. It's going to sound good. It's going to taste good. We think we are smarter because of it. But God says that's all passing away. That's all going to die. But he never, ever will. His kingdom reigns forever. So let's look at the fruit, right? Because if we don't like the fruit that's in our life, if we don't like the taste of the fruit, 
then we need to check the tree that we're eating from. All right? So let's look at the fruit. Uh, so the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Number one, the fruit is deadly. The fruit is deadly. God said, in the day that you will eat of this, in the day that you eat of this, dying you will die. So obviously, Adam and Eve didn't fall down dead right at that moment, right? In the natural realm. But what happened is their spirit died. And that's why God had to separate them out of the garden. Because they were now dead on the inside. And we are born that same way. That's why Jesus came. So that we could be born again. Make sense? Because of this choice. So the fruit is deadly. And I'll tell you this. The fruit is deadly because the desire to know is in direct opposition to trust. The desire to know is in direct opposition to trust. Have you ever told your kids something and they go, why? Especially when they're five. Why? Well, why? 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 Why, mommy? Why? Why is the sky blue? Why is the tree green? Why? Why do I have to sit down? Why? Why? Right? You're like, oh, my God. You don't need to know. Just do it. It's the same way with God. We want to know everything. And he's like, just trust me. The desire to know is in direct opposition of trust. God, I trust you. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know why things in my life are this way, but I trust you no matter what. I trust that you are working for my good. I trust that you love me. That's the tree of life. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, I don't know if I can trust you. Because I don't know. I don't understand it. And I need to understand it so that I can trust you. There are things that we will never know. And we've got to learn how to say, I trust you, God, no matter what. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Sin, it also says sin is pleasurable for a season. Tastes good, feels good, looks good, sounds good. But in the end, it leads to death. The second thing about the fruit, the fruit causes separation causes separation. What happened when God came looking for Adam and Eve? They had hid themselves, right? They covered themselves and they hid themselves, but God didn't separate himself from them. They separated themselves from him, and he came looking for them. He said, Adam, where are you? God already knew what he had done, but he came searching for Adam. But there was a separation that had entered in because of the fruit that they had ate. The fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And it says that their eyes were opened, which means that they realized they were not like God. And they hid themselves. And so God calls out to him. And he seeks Adam out, knowing already that he had disobeyed God. But God simply calls out. Can I tell you that God simply calls out to you? God is in love with sinful man. And we see this from the very beginning, that God is in love with sinful man. And he calls out and he sent Jesus to die for everybody. For everybody, whether you receive him or not. And he did that because he's in love 
with sinful man. And he chases us down, right? He chases us down. See, every choice and every decision that we make in our life comes from one of these two trees. And the fruit that we eat will cause some of these symptoms in our life. There's areas of our life that is dead. Why? Because we've been trying to do it ourselves. So the fruit is deadly. There's areas of our life that we feel separated from God. Why? Because the fruit causes separation. We hide from God when we know we've done wrong. So I want to give you a very um, kind of fun, interesting, practical illustration. So if I could have my two helpers come on up, Ronnie and Gilbert. Everybody give them a hand. So if you will come as close to this as you can for the camera shot for me, please. Why don't you come on this side since Ronnie's coming. Gilbert. All right. Look at these guys. We got cowboys over here, right? And we got rams over here. Oh, let's try that again. We got cowboys over here. We got rams over here. Uh, yours wasn't quite as loud. What happened? I don't know about that. Okay. So they represent who they support, right? Right? You know, when Ronnie comes in, you know he is 100% rams. Right? Opening day, I mean, he, ha he still had everything, right? And then we got Gilbert over here. We know that he's a huge Cowboys fan. And so we judge them based upon, <laughs> yeah, we're really sorry, Gilbert. We will pray for you in your heart. But we judge people by what we see. Right? And now I can get more behind this than I can this. All right, because I just, I just was not raised. I mean, Rams, California, come on. When I was a kid, the Rams. And so I, I can get more behind. I can support you because I agree with you. Go Rams, right? And I really want to go to their new stadium. It looks amazing. It's been built and nobody can go. All right. Um, so I can get behind this, right? I can support them because I can go, yeah, I agree with Ronnie. I agree with what he represents, what he believes, what tree he's living from. Because this is the good tree, this is the bad tree. <laughs> but then I look at Gilbert and I go, I don't know about that, Gilbert. I don't think I can support you because I don't agree with you. Right? So this leads me to my third point about the fruit is the fruit is poison in our mouth. So whichever tree we are living from determines how we see people and what we say about them. And so I can begin to just spew poison on Gilbert. Well, I can't believe he, why would he even support them? Doesn't he know they're a losing team? Has he seen their record? And yet he still wears the jersey like, come on, bro. I don't agree with you at all. And we begin to put our mouth on people because of whether we agree or disagree based upon what we see. I don't know everything about Ronnie. This is the only thing today that I can say I agree with. Now, if we sit down and have a conversation, I'm sure there's a lot more that I can say I agree with. But based upon what I see, I agree with this. 
based upon what I see, I don't agree with this. And so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says I'll figure it out myself and I'll agree based upon what I think, what I feel. And so then I begin to put my mouth on other people. Can I tell you that the number one indication of which tree that you are living from is what is coming out of your mouth. And you are either spewing hate from the knowledge of tree of, of good and evil or you are spewing life. Based upon what we think, feel, our opinions. But our opinions should begin to line up with the word of God. Give the guys a hand. Thank you so much for coming up today. <clears throat> Maybe next service we'll have some better jerseys that I can get more behind. <laughs> Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You eat the fruit of the tree that you are living from. And it's in your mouth. Can I tell you the story we read about the serpent? He didn't come up and bite Eve. It's a snake. It was the devil in the form of a snake. He could have bit her and released venom into her but he actually just talked her to death. He talked her to death. And can I tell you that the plan of the enemy is still the same today. He comes and he begins to talk you to death. He begins to plant words and thoughts into your mind. He begins to plant um, um, thoughts that are opposite of the knowledge of life opposite of the tree of life, opposite of the word of God. And he begins to try and make you think that it's true. Did God really say that? He talked her to death. Now, I know some of you husbands feel like that's how your wife is. Like, she's going to talk me to death. <laughs> but she won't. It'll be all right. Just listen. Nod your head. Every once in a while, I'll say, Hoo. It works. <laughs> Look at what James 3 says. This, they do not have this scripture up there, but you can write it down or turn really quick. James 3, 8 through 10. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. James 3, 8 through 10. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. Just make it plain, James. We use our tongue to praise God our Father. And then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Can I tell you that those jerseys that they were standing up here, they were different, right? We had a Rams, we had a Cowboys. They are made by the same company. If you look at their tag, the same maker made both of those. You have one creator, and he makes us different. We have been made in the image of God. And we do not get to devalue another person simply because we disagree with them. So I just want to say this. Stop putting your mouth on people. I'm just going to say it. 
One of the things I had to do last week was repent for not always speaking the truth boldly. At the end of Pastor Troy's message, I was in tears because I had to repent. And I know that I've always spoken the truth. That I know, but not always boldly. Sometimes timidly. Sometimes under my breath. (laughs) Because I always want you to know that I love you. But as the church, we should be united under our maker. We have all been created in the image of God. We all carry the same value. Jesus is the one who who determines the value of a person's life. And he died for them just like he died for you. And the value of his life is not devalued because you disagree with somebody. So stop putting your mouth on people. That's all I'm going to say about that. We either live from one of the two trees, from one of the two realms. Every choice that we make, the thought that we choose to dwell on, the show that we choose to watch, what we choose to read, what we choose to dwell on, what we choose to say, how we choose to live, it's all from one of those two. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is bondage. It leads to death. It says that God is only a judge. It's condemnation. We cannot do enough to get to God. We can't do enough. We're not good enough. Yet we try to earn our way. We try to figure it out on our own. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life is freedom. It's grace. It's eternal life. It's God is loving. Yes, he is judge, but he is a loving judge. And God is good. And God is forgiving. So I want to encourage you today. Ask yourself, which tree am I living from? Which realm am I living from? What fruit am I eating in my life? And let God begin to reveal that to you. Let's stand up today. I want to encourage you. There's two things that we can do to live from the tree of life. Very, very simple things to choose to live from the tree of life. Number one, fall in love with Jesus. I want to tell every single one of you in here today and those watching online, fall in love with Jesus. If we would just fall in love with Jesus, we would want to keep his commands. We would want to love other people because everything flows through that love. If you have issues in your life, fall in love with Jesus. If you don't like the fruit that you've been eating in your life, fall in love with Jesus. Remember where you were when he found you. How quickly we forget sometimes what life was like before fall in love with Jesus. The second thing is make the choice every day. Choose every day to live from the tree of life. Choose every day to live from God's word, to live in God's freedom, to live in his truths. And if we will do that, everything will be great. Amen. Our life will be better than we ever dreamed it could be. 
what you think will put you into bondage in following God's word will actually bring the most freedom into your life. Don't allow the devil to talk you into death. Choose life today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is life. We thank you, Father God, that you have given us a free will to choose. And so, God, today I pray that each and every person in this room would determine to choose life. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you set that before us. But, God, you also give us everything that we need to live the life that you set before us. And so, Father, I pray that we would begin to choose to live from the tree of life. That every decision that we make, every word that we speak, that it would be full of life. That it would be transforming and life-giving. I pray, Father, that you would prick our hearts if we need to repent. That we would repent. That we would humble ourselves under your hand, God, so that we can live a life that's from you. We thank you, Father. Now, every person watching online and those of you in the room, the most important decision and the way that you begin to live from the tree of life is surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is the one who paid the price for our sin. He determined the value of our life, and he said that you were important enough that he would die for you. And he did that on a cross. And the Bible says that if we will acknowledge him as our Savior, if we will receive him as Lord and Savior, that our life will be born again. Our spirit on the inside will come to life. And we'll spend eternity in heaven. That's the most important decision that we can ever make. And so I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to pray together today as a family. If you're watching online and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I encourage you to do it today. Maybe you know that you need to surrender again and recommit your life. I encourage you to say this prayer today. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I receive him as my Lord and Savior, and I commit my life to you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen.